right. Welcome to Sports and Drinks. I'm Powell. I'm Walker. All right, man. Happy hey, New Year. Oh, man. Same to you. Same. Oh, by the way, guys, you follow us on Twitter at um, S underscore drinks. S underscore drinks. Um, doing pretty good, man. How's, how was your Christmas? It was good, man. It was good. How about yours? Um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I think we had to, you know, um, uh, there's a point where you, I think I enjoy the moment leading up to Christmas, you know, that, you know, buying the gifts and all that kind of stuff, the Christmas lights. And once you have Christmas and then, the, you know, you're getting ready to go for New Year's, um, I'm kind of looking around, looking at my, my, my boys like, are you happy? Are you happy? Because I'm broke. Are you happy? Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> kind of that moment right now. <laughs> but I was pretty good, man. It's getting ready for, um, um, getting ready for that New Year's Day. And um, I've, I've kind of settled in now, you know, um, uh, one of one of my New Year's resolutions is to find out what is a catch. Oh, oh, talk um, about them Steelers. I was going to ask you about your Steelers and that uh, catch with the Patriots. Yeah, right? you know, like what do we define? You know, and, and, and this is probably the most universal thing I've seen. Like, there's no controversy in the actual play. Everyone agrees it's a catch. It's a controversy in the call in the rule itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I've had so many arguments with so many people that. Um, I think we all agree that it's a catch, but then, you know, some people are always going to go back, oh, what about the Des Bryant, you know, situation? And I, and I tell them, that's different. You can compare it because of the rules, kind of, the same rules kind of pushing with Des Bryant's situation as well, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But when a man makes a catch and he's on his knees, he wasn't touched, so the ball was still at him, and he lunges into the end zone. It, we just have to all understand that when a man is lunging with the ball, he has control. Otherwise, he wouldn't lunge with the ball. Right. You know, that is the football move, so to speak, or what they want to say it is. That's the football move. So, um, you know, at the time, I was really down about that game because, you know, that way it was the first round by. So many things would have happened with it. Well, you know, you, you, you live and learn, but... I don't think we have moved on far as with the rule. We really, because now it's, it's kind of like a parody. Now people say, "Oh, did he survive the ground?" Like they're playing around with it now, even college football. You know. Yeah. Well, like, I think that um, the you know replays and things like that are supposed to make the game more fair and help get the calls right. But I actually think it's actually doing the exact opposite of letting things lean. They want it to lean. You know what I mean? Like, is that the same but, call that would have been made if it was the Patriots? If it wasn't the Patriots? Yeah. And um. Well, it, it, it's not just football. I mean, I think, you know, and I was, you know, um, I had a conversation with my dad about this. You know, he's, you know, he went kind of scientific on it, but he's like, you know, you can slow that replay down as slow as possible and you can make it dictate whatever point of view you want to, like, to really distribute to everyone. So yeah. you can make something seem, you know, you can make a ball move, you can make a ball not move, because in truth, you know, movement is really relative. You know, um, I'm starting to be in that group of people where, or with a group of people that say, when you do the answer replay, do it in real time. This slowing down is starting to conflict with how the play actually happened. Yeah. I think I think possession specifically of the ball yes. is, is the, the one that's yeah. really changing some stuff when it's like, you know, I mean, these guys are just phenomenal athletes. And I mean, them bubbling the ball around is possession to some extent. I think, you know, there's some obvious ones that, you know, you can't be knocking it in the air when you're falling out of bounds or something like that. But, but you know, and they don't, just because they don't have both hands firmly around it, you know, it's going to make us never see any dramatic 
athletic plays if they have to have the ball so secure and tucked in so hard that, like you said, they're not going to be able to dive, they're not going to be able to move forward, they're not going to be able to lunge, they're not going to do anything. If they have to have that ball so much, you're going to miss out on a lot of big, fun plays that are fun to watch for the fans. And I think it's so much of an issue because if you think about it, our, our, our what we perceive as being a catch of change over the last really eight years. I mean, we used to, you know, if you go back to the same team, the Steelers, either go back to that Super Bowl catch that um that was made in the corner against Arizona, you know, two feet in, you know, ball wasn't moving, everything was perfect, that's the catch. Well, now we're looking for so much more. Um, that was an era where you could catch the ball and then lose it five or six yards out of bounds, and it'll still be called a catch. This whole surviving the ground for this thing of when you catch the ball in the field and you still have to have it when you're out of bounds, that's starting to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I think we've gotten too cute with what a catch is. You know, we got too cute with a lot of these kind of rules um, in the uh, in football in general. And when we see something, we know what it is. <laughs> you know, and but the rule is saying otherwise, and we got to get that. We got to put that common sense back in there. You know, it just got it just got a little too cute. Right. You know? I agree. Um, the the Des Bryant thing. I mean, I say that's different because, um, the ball was constantly moving the whole time he had it. That one was you a bit more. I, mean? I feel like that one's a bit more questionable. Plus, there's the question of was he down? Before. Right. So right. I, that one's a little <laughs> bit more questionable. Um. I think, than the Steelers one. But I wanted to ask you about the Steelers since the, they're playing the Patriots, man. That, I hadn't asked you on the um, on here yet, man, about that, that hit from Gronk against Buffalo. He gets one game suspension. What, what do you feel on that, man? I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, I think he should have been out the rest of the year. Like I, six, at least six games suspension. And the reason why, if, if you want to take context into the play, which we all say that the NFL says they do, they take context of what happened. He could have he, he he at the very least gave the player that he did that to a concussion protocol. Well, at the very least. Well, he missed it. Yeah, he missed as many games as the player that he he did it to. Right. I mean, you know, he put he put that player in concussion protocol. Like whatever you feel about that, that that's the context of that that what he did. He put that player in concussion protocol. And not only that, it was so blatantly, you know, outside of the game. You know, and I'm thinking about the how we throw around four and six game suspensions for little for other things that seem minor to me. Uh, either the rest of the game would give me at least six games, and I would say that if it was a member of my still, like you know, you just you don't see that. I think um, even and I'm gonna mess his name up. The Busabet guy on the Cincinnati who's known for like being a dirty player, even he plays within the whistle. You yeah, know? I think that's I think that's what made this one different. You know, um, a hard hit. I know there was a was it on Juju? There was a hard hit, and he right. got, and the guy got. Nah, I got I got, got questions. I don't have a problem with that hit on Juju. That that was football to me. But they're trying to well, clean up those type of plays. Well, my my thing is for those to be the same punishment doesn't make sense. Like Gronk, I mean, that was after the whistle. Could it was clearly him throwing a tantrum, and could, he could have seriously hurt someone. I mean, he went to concussion protocol, but it could have been a lot worse. I mean that I feel like they, there needs to be no room for that in football well, well, at all. I also also look at him differently. I'm, I'm sure he's gonna just change his mind as soon as he hear me talking about him. But you know, I I look at him differently now. I, I look at him like as a guy that just kind of plays around and enjoys life and those type of things. Now I look at him like, is he all there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it, like is what I what I'm thinking that he's enjoying himself playing around with. Is he in his mind playing around? You know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah, like that—that that takes a certain kind of person. That was definitely 
um, a, a sign of a breakdown to do something like that just because you know you didn't someone got an interception on you right and and I, I say this because of all you just saying that well no because to take check this out I'm not saying that he has I'm not saying oh, I wish that on him but let's say that a couple of months down the road or a year from now he gets charged with something outside of football and get accused of this you can go back to those type of plays and be like, uh, I don't know, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, a good point. I mean, know? even the fact that he said he was sorry, but then he appealed to suspension. So it's like, okay, so you're not actually sorry. You actually don't think you did anything wrong if you're going to appeal this. So, Well, the, the football part of it, I don't see how you could appeal. I always say, like, you know, it's hard to – it's easy to appeal something when you wasn't flagged that on the the field or whatever. But was he, was he flagged on the – was that a penalty during the game? Yeah, I think he did. I think he got a penalty. I did it. Okay, I mean, but I just to me, it's such an important thing to talk about because the player that he did this to um, went to a concussion protocol. Right. And right. I think that's an important thing to to just acknowledge and just understand. Yeah. Well, I think you're, yeah. When you're getting um, the thing is, is and with the concussion protocol too, where you know you have to leave the game, you're 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 at least out for the rest of that game, right? And I think you're getting into a very dangerous area where guys can, you know, you can get a worse player on your team to do that to a really good player on the other team to get both guys out of the game. But, but it's worth it to you because it's only one game suspension. That's why I think the punishment, exactly. the punishment needs to be very, very severe. And it needs to not be a fine. Fines are nothing to these guys. They need to miss game time. And I know people are like, well, that hurts the whole Patriots. Well, I mean, that's what being a team is. Yeah, get your guys under well, check. It's sort of like the um, if I can kind of in the same category, but I'm not I'm not getting off a subject. Like when the Seahawks was fined one hundred thousand dollars for not dealing with Russell Wilson the correct way during concussion protocol. So the fact, first of all, I don't think they responded to that one hundred thousand dollars. But you get you told a billion dollar organization that it was fined one hundred thousand dollars. I don't even think they noticed. They just told they. You know, secretary, like, please handle this. You know, right, right. I have other things to do. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize the consequence for not handling the concussion, you know, procedure correctly was so small in yeah. the eyes of these organizations. Like, I mean, look, if I'm a billion dollar company and I don't really care too much about the players, care about their health, I'm not even setting forth a policy which I have. Like, that, that, that's the money is smaller than the money it would take for you to prevent it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you set up a precedent now where it's like, okay, well, we can, you know, we can make Aaron Rodgers play. We'll just pay the hundred thousand dollars. We'll let him play because he says he's good to go. And you know what I mean. And I think that you're setting up a bad precedent. I think that you should be punished more than financially. I think it should be made to sit someone down. If you'd have sat Russell Wilson down in one of these key games when they're chasing for a playoff spot, if you just sat Russell Wilson down in one of these big games, the Seahawks would never ever do it again. But now, now that's an unusual situation. You may mention with Green Bay. That is unusual. I, I, I don't want to say never, but when someone breaks their collarbone, I have an issue. That's that's the season. You're you're done. Yeah. And then they purposely put him on back on the roster to make room for some other players to put them on IR. I mean, that was that that's that's you know that's uh that's new. Yeah. That's a new span. And the fact the player agreed to it was even to me more. I'm more of an outlier, but right. I don't even know what you do with that because everyone has to be a part of that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, but but I, I mean, at the end of the day, 
the money or the consequence is such a small amount compared to being an organization. I'm not even sure. Like, if I was trying not to do, no, not repay much attention, I wouldn't even bother giving a promotion, a policy on concussions, just because the money is so small. Like, that $100,000, like, they didn't even interview the team or anybody about that little bit of money. You know? Right. And, 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 and truth being said, they really did not even interview because a player could have paid that money. That's how small it is. Oh, You're yeah. charging an organization something a player could have paid. It's peanuts for them. You know, and and I just think one of those things, there's a rule in place where everybody can say, oh, there's a rule in place. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I, I guess that still needs more work. But but the instant replays, the, the catch or no catch, the inbounds, out of bounds, we're getting, I think we're slowing down the, the play too much. I think we want to we wanna see what we want to see. You know, um, obviously I'm biased um, when it comes to the Steelers. I can admit that. But I do look at things objectively. And if it was someone else, I would have said that was a catch too. And in this situation, it was a catch and a touchdown and affected a very – it affected the, the NFL standings at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, it's just – it's showing you when the game is tight. Do not put, do not, do not put, put yourself in a situation where the refs have to dictate the game. Because they may not get it right. Yes, exactly. Well, and it's, it's also it's going to stop. You know, like you can think about Odell Beckham's one-handed catch a couple years ago. I mean, I feel like that wouldn't be ruled a catch. That would be ruled not a catch now. You know, that's a good. That's a good point. That's I mean, a really good point. I mean, if you if you broke that one down as slow as you can, over and over, you can make that one not a catch. I, I like your that's idea. A- I like your idea. Watch it in real time a few times, and then make it make a new call. That would. A, keep it a more authentic football experience, and B, it'll keep the game moving faster. You get down to the end of these games, man, these replays, I mean, it's, it kind of gets boring almost sometimes, you know? You're right. But that is a really good point. I mean, it wouldn't be – that's a – a lot of these catches, um, I'm thinking about the Lance Swan catch back in the 70s, a lot of these great catches, the uh, – the, uh, uh, with the Jerry Rice coming across the end zone, yeah, you know, Montana, like you know, would, would these be catches now? Like, mm-hmm. that's a good point, yeah. man. That's a great point. Um, and I don't know. All right, so man, I'm you mentioned sure. uh, you mentioned Christmas. You get a chance to check, check uh, chance to check out any of those games Christmas Day, especially the Cavs and Warriors. Um, you know, that was a game that was on my list to watch. I, I watched the Cavs and I watched the Warriors. I want to I want to ask you something about that one. Okay. You're Steph Curry. You're sitting on the bench, and your team still beats LeBron James and the Cavs. Does that concern you? Does that worry you? I mean, you're talking about a guy who who went from a couple years ago, we were saying, wait a minute, is he the best player in the league? Is he the best player in the world? To now he's not even the best player on his own team. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Well, to me, to me, To me, if I'm Steph Curry sitting on that bench, I kind of want them to lose without me. So that they, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, you know, I get your point, and it's valid, but I think it more goes to pressure with Cleveland. I mean, look, look at them at the end of the spectrum. Oh, my goodness. Steph wasn't even playing, and we got beat. Oh, well, yeah, that's a, whole di- that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, because Cleveland was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, so, have, now, I will, give them, uh, I will give the Warriors this. Uh, missing Steph Curry, uh, Cleveland was also missing Isaiah Thomas. But you still had LeBron James. I mean, there's no – like. There's no question who the best player on the Cavaliers is. Right. Um, but the Warriors, well, to me, there's no question. Yeah, Jason Terrence Smith. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, Cal Corver, game changer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is still on the roster. Thank you for reminding me about that. Right. Um, yeah, but, but on the Warriors, some people have questions who's the best. To me, it's not a question. It's, it's easily Kevin Durant is the best player on the Warriors. Um, but you know what I mean? So it's just it's just kind of a weird shift for where, where Steph Curry was a few years ago. And it's just kind of like now it's you're not even the best player on your team. It's a real Shaq Kobe situation of, you know, I think I think we give the superstar element and being the man on the team too much. Think so? Um, I I think so because and and let me just break it down from a um uh, a kid's perspective. You know, um, like I see these kids here in the record all these days. You know, they get one or two good players and they'll like abuse them and use them for everything. And yeah, they're the man on the team. It's all great, and nice, but everything's on them. Everything's every little city. They have a bad game, the team loses. Those type of things. You have more fun and excitement when all that pressure is not on you. And it seems like a bad thing to say, but that's one of the things that make Golden State smile during the games. Like, you can see that they're obviously enjoying themselves. Well, unless they you lose. Then, then, they, right. then they leave the league in uh, technical fouls and ejections. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of the things that, you know, it's enjoyable. And even then, uh, back then, those teams that we kind of praise, well, we don't count, we praise them so much, they were the same way. There was a team full of superstars. We just really highlighted one or two people off of those teams. The Showtime Lakers. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good Boston, example. Like you know, uh, the Knicks back in the Bernard King days. You know, like, so it was not, this is not anything new. No. I just think we got to, I think with social media and how we give so much attention now to our networks and what we do for sports, I think we just give more attention to it. Right. You know, well, that, that's true. I mean, that's true for every as, aspect of sports. You know, because if you look, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're trying to give Westbrook that superstar help. They're trying to give it to him. Well, he doesn't want they're it. They're really trying. He's playing. Well, he, yeah. He's playing he's, no. He's, he's, he's playing <laughs> no different this year than he did last year. <laughs> he's got two superstars well, on his team. Well, well you know, <laughs> well, Dirk had a ring before he started acting like this. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's a different fish in the pond, man. He. <laughs> He wants to be all about him. Matter of fact, you know. Uh, I'm not sure he even wants to win. I'm not sure he even cares about winning. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You can make arguments of that. You can make arguments about that. And it's so strange. And I, I don't know where really to take that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make arguments about that. Like, I'm not sure if the guy wants to win. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, you can make arguments about that. I don't know really where to take his thought process and how he feels like his teammate should be this that because I know when a game comes down like 10 seconds I mean who's going to take the shot is an actual real question now on the Thunder? Yeah. on the Thunder yeah. a spo- because... spoiler alert it's Westbrook oh okay right. well, I, I'm not, well it's, between, it's between Westbrook and um George I don't see Camaro taking that shot no more buddy yeah, they barely passed him the ball. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And you know, you look at like you know the '86 Celtics, and they had a great team, and the, you know the Showtime Lakers, and you know all these teams were really, really good teams, uh, top to bottom. Um, but I just meant like Steph Curry, and specifically a few years ago, people were wondering, man, is he better than? LeBron is he the best player there is? I mean, this we're talking about him being the best shooter of all time. He had the best. 
he led a team with the best record of all time. Um, all these things. I just met him specifically. It's like to go from all that where people are, you can make a genuine argument. You know, he got back-to-back -back MVPs. Uh, to go from that to not even be the best player on your own team is just kind of different. You know what I mean? Like, they don't look like Steph Curry's Warriors anymore. They look like Kevin Durant's Warriors. Anyway. It is. And the other part about it, what's kind of like draws me on to Steph Curry even more, I don't think he cares. Like, I, it's one of those things where, like, you, you get – he gets a superstar treatment, and as long as he's getting that, I mean – I think it would be an issue if he wasn't getting it. You know? Well, I don't think um, he cares because I think he he knows that his type of game wasn't going to last for, you know what I mean? That wasn't going to last right. forever. You know what I mean? You had the best record and you still didn't win the finals. That type of game wasn't going to last forever and you need to help. And I think that that's what separates the Warriors from other people is having that humility to admit that and to say, you know, no, we need another star here. I'm not enough to do it. And I think that's why they're successful and why they're the best team in the league and Probably without a doubt, going to win the championship again this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, we we can we can um, do some really good debate about that. It's hard we talk about NBA, but talking about those seventy sixes, man, they looking good. You think the seventy sixes are going to beat the Warriors in seven games? Oh, look, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not delusional. I'm just saying <laughs> in the East, <laughs> in the East, they like a very strong contender. Where we all thought was Boston in the beginning, the seventy sixes just showed, you know, trust the process. I mean, no, they do look good. <laughs> you know. And I'm buying that whole chant too. You know the fact that you know when they got the guys at the free throw line, they like trust the process. Like that, that gets me going. Like you know, what I mean, like there's such a team right now. Yeah. You know, I like agree. it's not just one player. Like you know, something to be said about that. In Philadelphia, that's just one of those teams that when the the league's just better when the 76ers are good. You know what I mean? You just like when one of those older teams are good. Um, what do you think about uh, you know, watching these uh, bowl games? The bowl games on? No, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> have you been watching bowl games? You been watching? Uh, I, I've been I've been watching, but you know, man, as a you know, uh, they're hard to watch. Some of them are hard to watch. I mean, as you get closer to the New Year's Day, of course, that's New Year's Day about better bowls. Anyway. Yeah, they get better as we get closer. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I, I mean, I I get it. It gives me something to watch once in a while. There's a game or two. Like, oh, I have it on as I'm doing something, or um, you know, I'm in town if I can catch this game, but. We we got players sitting out. We got you know making business decisions, but I don't even criticize it at all. We got players, coaches leaving. You know, um, this whole I mean this this whole bowl game thing is seeming like something that is just okay. Let's take the players out. They're still on the team. Let's take away your holidays. You know, just you practice on holiday and play this game. Like it, it, outside of the playoffs, it's really getting hard to justify these games, man. Yeah, well, I think the paychecks justify them. So I think if you're, um, you know, the Miami Wisconsin game, if you're a, if you're a Wisconsin or Miami alum, that's enough to make it worth it. They have such a huge oh. alumni pool and fan base for both of those. They teams. have to bring that up. You know, we lost to Wisconsin. You know? oh. <laughs> but I, but I, but I think you know, a game like that. I mean, it's still worth it because I mean, Wisconsin and Miami alumni alone is enough to make a ton of money off those games. That's why those games aren't going to go anywhere. You're right. You're right. You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it gives people something to do for yeah. the holidays. You know, one of the things I, I, I said before. Now, I do agree. With, yeah. I will say, though, I do agree with you is if I'm a star player who has a chance of being a first, second, even third round draft pick, I don't play in those games. And you know what? It's not going to make any difference because those alumni, they're going to watch that bowl game like it's the Super Bowl, whether you're playing all first string or all second string. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't get to the tie to the schools, but you know, outside of the alumni association or that they have for their school, it just is hard to find meaning there. I agree. You know? I agree. What about the playoffs? Oh man, um, playoffs are interesting this year. We got Alabama and Clemson. They talk. They talk uh, rematch part three. I mean, it's like they're always going against each other. And yeah. Got Oklahoma and Georgia, which probably is the, the strangest matchup out of the pair because. Uh, no one really knows who's going to win. I mean, you got Georgia has a great defense. Oklahoma has a very sneaky but great offense. And neither one of them have played a team like each other. And so they're really, even when you hear commentators talk about them, they just try to talk about the strengths, and they really don't know what to say about that game. I mean, it's, it's but I will say this. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think the Alabama and Clemson game is going to be a close game. These these playoff games have tend to be kind of lopsided the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, the championship's a little bit more, you know, uh, together. But I'm not sure if they've done a good job. I'm not saying it with this year, but I'm not sure they've done a good job just starting off of having good playoff games. You know, if you remember last year with Ohio State getting beat the way they did, and it just, you know, I don't expect for these to be close games. Well, let's, let's be honest. That, that first round isn't playoff games. The first round is shut-up games. It's all the people that was, that you know, that when Ohio State didn't make it to the to the championship and everyone complains that they should have been there. This has given them that chance to prove it and they don't and then it's making everybody like, see, we were right, shut up. You know what I mean? So that's what, yeah, the, that's what I, the first round is. I get that. But I've always looked at it like this. You know, and I have no problem with it being four teams. If I had to make one change, I would extend it to five and I would stay at five because I feel like the number one team should sit and watch number two play four and number three play five. And then they'll take on the. You know what I mean? I think I think I think it should be some president of some type of pedestal of being number one. You know, so like in the NFL, like there's no. It seems to me like once you're in the top four, four is no different than one. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I just feel like one should like just have some type of a benefit. I don't see the benefit from one, two, three, and four. Right. When you think, yeah, I, like when you think about Alabama's number four, like that doesn't even register anything to me. It, it, yeah, it does, you know. But I think if you if you had five teams and let two, let me get my mind right. Let two play five and let three play four, and then out of the winners, then that's when number one will play that winner. I would really go for that because then the number one spot means something. No, it does. That's your yeah. rest. You know what I mean? And you know, I just. Um, I, I don't I don't see or you can even do with this you know maybe the three plays to five and then the one that plays the four and then they play the two and then let the one say like just give the give the number one ranked team something to give them a benefit of being number one yeah that's all I'm saying you know mm-hmm. um we don't we don't seem to do that so yeah because they're play where are they where are these games played are they, is it played at home if you're number one. No, that, that, I didn't think about that. That would be, um, I, I think they, with the contracts, they've already kind of set it to be in certain places. Oh, that kind of stuff. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, but that would be a good, I, I mean, I actually would go for that. Yeah. The number one team gets to play at home. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you get, like, yeah. Um, and you know what? And then, the only problem with that, let's say if you have a dynasty going on, like a team is there to let, you know, is winning the next three years or something like that you had the championship in the same city but my thing would be like well no beat them yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like 
you know, it has to be something. Maybe you can do like a two-year rule. Like after two years, if you're there in the third year in the same teams, we we could give up another location or something like that. But I'm okay with that. Like give some benefit to number one. I don't, you know, teams are number one all season and stuff, and then they're just no different than two, three, four. Yeah. I don't see that. I don't understand that. So. No, I agree. Uh, what about um the Raiders? Uh, they're pursuing Gruden. Uh, for coaching. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this is interesting. Well, yeah. Um, what I want to ask you about is that so they're offering him some some ownership, too. Man, you offering any human being. A deal like this. In case not for me, what deal actually just popped up as we were talking. Um, they're thinking about giving John the Raiders, Oakland Raiders, think about giving John Gruden, um, you know, a coaching position, obviously, head coaching position. But you know, in this, you know, there are entitlements and things you can get. They want to put in, a, uh, thinking about putting in some ownership stake. Mm-hmm. And if this happens, first of all, it changes the game because you cannot say. That doesn't raise your eyebrow. If you're John Gruden, you can't just dismiss that offer. Like, no, I need to look at this offer. They're talking about ownership stake. Yeah, then he could then you know? he could uh, be like Jerry Jones, where you're owner and coach. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's all he wants to be in life. And, <laughs> and but but you do that. I mean, my goodness, like th- th- this would, this could be the thing that gets uh, people. Like Tony Romo and people that's retired. So this this may be what you can you can do to get them out of the booth, like out of a job that's kind of better than what they did when they was playing. Mm-hmm. Like this may be the thing you can offer ownership stake as a company. You're saying we're serious about you, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like you you can't take away. I mean you can hire them and then fire them later, but you can't take away that ownership stake. Yeah, I'm curious what it does too with the um you know the hiring firing of coaches. That's usually you know that happens so often in professional sports. What does that do with that too? Like, say, say Gruden comes in and the Raiders go zero and sixteen. Um, you know, normally that would be you know where you would get rid of a coach, especially if they would say he does that for two years. Now he still has that piece it, of ownership. What does that mean? That would kind of makes it beneficial because you know, no, no ownership I think would be temporary like mm-hmm. that. You know, what I mean, like I think it'd be crazy to sign an ownership state. Mm-hmm. If you leave and they don't have it anymore, I, I don't see anybody doing that. Right. But you know, it's it's just like it's a new thing to hand out, and I'm telling you what too. Then you can tell also if you're you're a potential head coach how serious an organization is into you if they don't offer you. I mean, I, I'm sure this might end up being a trend, maybe down the line, mm-hmm. and. Not saying that like, everyone's going to get offered, but you'll know how serious a company is in you if they don't offer it to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really going to distinguish um, who we really want versus who we have to come take a look at. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of digging that. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm digging in the fact that I'm really interested to see where it goes. And I'm shocked of all the coaches that John Gruden would be the first one. Or maybe he's not the first one, just the one that's been announced. Um, but I think some other deserving people out there. But um, it's kind of like where the ball is rolling right now. Um, but uh, you know, um, I I talked to you about this, um, <laughs> you know, off off air, off recording, or what have you. We talked about instant replay, but we didn't really talk about how it translates to the NBA game. And I want to kind of get your take about where are we now with NBA, or for that matter, even high school college officials. In the NBA, because you know, I got a certain take on this, and mm. um, 
it's not as popular. It probably costs more, but the cost would be right. So what's, what's your take on the instant replay in basketball? Well, basketball's a little more straightforward than um, football. Um, I think basketball has, as far as, like, you know, did the ball go in or not. Um, I think basketball has its own problem because other, unlike football, basketball is trying to manipulate referees. Um, and they, they manipulate referees, you know, the flopping, of course, and things like that. So that makes it really hard. So, I mean, yeah, you can have on an instant replay that someone fell down because they were touched. But that doesn't really mean that they were hit enough to fall down. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 wanting a call on something that didn't actually happen. They just made it look like it happened. You know, I mean, people don't even play postal games hardly anymore because rather than guarding you on the block, people are just gonna fall back. Um, are, are you trying to tell me players are flopping with the intention of trying to fool the ref to get the foul? I, I think so. I think it's out there, man. Oh. This is news to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when did the out of, when did out of bounds and inbounds become such a big issue? Like, now, that, now, stuff like um, that's a little bit more questionable. Yeah. You know, like, when do we get here? You know, when, how do we get here? Mm-hmm. That's my question. What happened? You know, um, inbounds, out of bounds. These are things that just should be natural. Like, okay, I see that. Thank you. No, these are heavily debated now. Well, I have I have an argument. Do you think we should switch? And I know there's a lot to say experience, <clears throat> but if these older experienced referees more took on training roles, and then we had younger, uh, more athletic, maybe players who weren't quite good enough to make it into the league, <clears throat> but they could still be around basketball, make a good living with basketball. They were trained, you know, younger, more athletic referees out on the court um, who were trained by these older ones. Uh, what do you think about a system like that? Mm, I could I could see that happening. Um, I know I think we had a debate before. Like, you know, we wasn't really sure. I'm, just, I, I'm still not. Are the referees full-time employees? Now that, now that I don't know, but I think that you know, I think that anyone who would take this job would be okay with it. You know, whatever the situation is, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think that I think that'd be a good thing, and I, I especially think in the off season, just assuming that they are full time employees, that you make their job as far as going to work training sessions. Everything's training. Everything's training. Everything's training. You know what I mean? And I say that to the point where it's second nature when you call the call. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be so understood that this is the call in, in that ref's mind. They don't even have to go to the monitor. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's how you would do an efficient, an efficient game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I literally would go that route where, you know, yeah, you have to train sessions in between seasons, but when the off season hits, um, you know, you go, you get up and go to work, they're all trainings, they're all sessions, they're all, you know, at them. And then you use um, the D League and, um, summer league and a lot of these other things as you know training grounds for these. I mean, it, it'd be a great tool. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, if the rest were full time and doing that, then they could even go to, um, you know, they could kind of in the off season do a tour of going to different um, teams' facilities and kind of explaining what the, what we're looking at this year, what we're not look, what we're not going to take this year. You know, here's what we've talked about, what we want to change after last year. You know, they could actually there could be communication. I know that sounds crazy, but maybe some communication to the players to let them know. Hey, we're not letting that be a flop. I know it was a flop last Tuesday, but it's not a flop now. Like maybe let them know 
what they're looking for, you know, because I see teams kind of, you know, there's like that first quarter, you're just trying to figure out what what's the ref calling tonight. And if they knew ahead of time, you might get some more competitive games sometimes. That's true. I think what we're saying is that treat the refs as seriously as you treat the player development. Agreed. Agreed. Let's get some some ref development. Let's mm-hmm. get, you know, because we all know these are human eyes. You don't miss things once in a while, but, you know, um, they got to take it just as serious, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think, too, and, with, with basketball over football, one of the things that's exciting about basketball is, is the fast-pacedness of it. And I think you want to be really careful getting too deep into replays where you're losing what makes basketball exciting. All right, hashtag baseball. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So go. go ahead, man. No, no, I'm still laughing on that. Okay. But, but I, I will say this, though. We, we, we talk about instant replay. How it is used will always be a factor. If it's not used properly, you may as well don't even have it. But I will say this. As slow as baseball is, and maybe this is a problem in their own sport was taking longer than it should, but that instant replay, the way they use instant replay in baseball, that is done right. I mean, I their agree. sport has benefited from instant replay. I agree. Well, I think just the setup of the, I mean, it's all timing. I think it's the setup of it, and the ball moves so fast. I think re- instant replay actually helps. You know, so and and and, de- and their sport is work. I'm on there like I don't own it, so. but in baseball it works. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, hey, that's still like our holiday edition. We can call it that for sports and drinks. But yeah. anyway, guys, I'm Walker. I'm Powell. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Be safe. Take care.